0: Welcome to this ASVO podcast on post-harvest vineyard management. This podcast is part of a series looking at current best practice in the vineyard and winery and what's on the horizon.
1: A vineyard that's yielded 45 tonnes to the hectare requires some careful considerations in the post-harvest care phase. Hello, I'm Caroline Winter, and that's the view of consultant viticulturalist Sam Bowman, who works in the high-yielding region of Sunraysia. To find out what he focuses on during this important period, Sam joins us for this ASVO podcast. Thanks for your time.
0: No worries. Thanks for having me,
1: Sam. Whereabouts is it that you work?
0: So I'm based in the Mildura region in Victoria. It's a warm climate viticultural region, and I consult across the across the region with diverse range of businesses who are involved in in wine grape production and also table grape and dried fruit production as well.
1: Now, you said it's a warm climate. I think you might be understating it a little there. I've seen a quote of yours describing vines that are like athletes that have done a marathon and need to recover and get ready for the next race. So we're talking about that period between vintage and dormancy.
0: Yeah look it is. It's an unusual place to grow grapes. If we didn't have the Murray River running through the district I don't think there'd be a grapevine in sight but we're lucky we've got really good water resources that are quite well managed so that allows the growers up here to achieve you know, high commercial production and high cropping levels as well which is really important because a lot of these high input regions like the Riverland the Murray Darling and the Riverina rely solely on the output of grapes per hectare. So the vines tend to push cropping levels, you know, upwards of forty-five tons to the hectare in some varieties, which in comparison to cool climate regions, you know, they sit around sort of eight to ten to twelve tons to the hectare. So it's a significant increase, which means we require a lot more water, a lot more nutrition inputs, and also that post-harvest period is really important to replenish those carbohydrate stores after the season's finished.
1: I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. You said forty-five tons,
0: up to forty-five tons to the hectare in some varieties. Eight, 8 to 10 times the hectare in cooler climate regions, yeah. So significant increase in, in difference. And, and obviously there's different wine styles that are trying to be created off those as well. So a lot of the, the fruit that's grown in Murray-Darling regions is goes into commercial products, which are sort of sometimes sub $10 bottles of wine, up to about $15 a bottle. So it's large volumes. 1.1 million tonnes of the annual crush comes out of three regions, which are all warm climate regions.
1: So that must mean the period between vintage and dormancy is really important for the vines recovering properly for the next season. So what are the key vineyard activities that you're planning before the vines go dormant?
0: Okay, so after the fruit's picked, it's really critical in these regions because typically it's summer months when we're harvesting grapes as well, so we've got high temperatures during the day and high evapotranspiration rates as well. So water is a really critical input to have in. So typically with the guys I work with, we'll continue a normal scheduled irrigation period for about a week or two weeks after harvest, and then we'll back that off, not entirely, but to about sort of 50% of the requirement when you have fruit sitting on the vines as well. So water's probably the main input that we focus on as well as nutritional elements but we don't usually put those in straight away because you're trying to get the vine into a cycle of instead of generating carbohydrates from its leaf to transport it to the fruit you're trying to generate carbohydrates from the leaf to transport it to the permanent structures of the plant so the root system the trunk the cordons the canes and things like that to set the plant up for next year so You're not really trying to get the vine to push more energy to develop more growth. You're basically trying to get it into a cycle of reallocating those carbohydrates to the permanent structures. So nutritional inputs will usually wait a couple of weeks after we've picked the fruit, and then we'll start feeding in a bit of mostly macro elements, nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, calcium into the plant to try and help rebuild those carbohydrate stores for the following season.
1: Do you think there are things you can do post-harvest that will aid bud and flower formation for the next vintage?
0: Absolutely it's critical so like I can't stress this enough with everybody I work with and this was a great shift in my thinking over the last sort of you know probably five years with working with warmer climate regions is the post-harvest period you really you really are setting up your season of growth for the following year so your bud fertility typically happens in the spring of the previous year but that post-harvest period is so important for carbohydrate replenishment and making sure you've got adequate and uniform bud burst the following year because the vines are in that state between bud burst in the early spring and when they go into the flowering period sort of October November all of that energy and the shoot growth that the plant is promoting all comes from those stored reserves which are all allocated during the post-harvest period so that period directly after harvest when leaf fall happens is critically important for making sure you're setting up adequate carbohydrate stores to promote the growth for the following year so typically depending on what kind of season we've had in terms of pest and disease we'll also do foliar sprays as well because micronutrients even though they're required in small quantities sometimes only one part per million in the plant they're extremely critical for helping bud fertility the following year So a lot of those times we'll we'll supply those micronutrients through a foliar spray.
1: Sam, that period between vintage and dormancy, is it pretty consistent in your part of the world from year to year or does the approach vary all the time?
0: Yeah, look, it seems to change every year. Some years we'll be be in drought conditions, so the water element of it's so critical because we haven't had any supplementary rainfall at all to support the irrigation. So in a season like we've just had this year, we've had an unusually wet season with the, the La Nina event that's been happening. So water hasn't been as much of a critical imported because we've had adequate rainfall post-harvest so but something like this year we've had high disease pressure and especially downy mildew as well which is a pathogen which infects the leaf tissue and can cause premature senescence of the leaves so season like this will typically do fungicide sprays as well to reduce that spore load carrying on into the following year so it's not a very typical thing to happen in a region like the Murray Darling but in certain years you have to change the toolbox and the arsenal that you're employing on the plants to make sure that they're going to have a healthy start the following season.
1: So how Has there been any key research that has influenced what you do post-harvest?
0: There's been a lot. One paper which really sort of drove things home for me was a paper by a scientist whose last name's Conradie. And his research was all about carbohydrate stores and mobilization of carbohydrates in early spring. And that was one of the things that shifted my thinking of thinking that the cycle, you know, the, you basically finished picking for the year and you turn the water off and then you prune the vines the next year and the start of the season was in early spring at bud burst. But to me, the start of that next season is actually in that post harvest period because when you're managing grapes, you're really managing a carbon cycle. You're taking photons of light from sun Onto the stomates of the leaf, and you're creating energy via photosynthesis. And either that energy is being translocated to the fruit, or to growing tissues of the plant, or in that post-harvest period, it's being allocated to the permanent storage tissue, so the roots, the trunk, and the cordon as well. And it's so important to understand that shift of where the dynamics change within the season. So in the early parts of spring, those carbohydrates are being allocated to growth tissues to promote vegetative growth and elongate shoots, and then that shifts after flowering, and then it's the energy. going into the bunches and then immediately post-harvest the vine starts replenishing its carbohydrate stores and i think that was that's probably one of the most important things to think about when that post harvest period happens is there is a shift in that cycle within the plant for the allocation of carbohydrates and that's the most important thing you should be focusing on and a lot of people will get to the end of the season and everyone's tired they've been picking and it's been a really long torturous harvest but the most important thing is making sure that you keep that leaf functioning as long as possible to make sure that you've allocated the maximum amount of carbohydrates back to the plant to set up that season for the next year.
1: I imagine that's a fine balance in terms of limited resources. So what do you keep and what do you cut back on?
0: Exactly. And look, we've seen that this year with the increase in fertiliser prices and supply issues as well, especially with a dip in grape pricing as well in the warmer regions because of the issues with trade to China. So it's it's on the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment. If you were going to cut and choose things like nitrogen is probably one of the main things that you want to replenish into the plant just because so much of it is used during during that growth phase and it's so important for maintaining vegetative growth and setting up the flowering for the following year. In front of nitrogen, water is always the most critical one. Plants are really resilient, especially grapevines. They almost grow like weeds in in some places. If anyone's tried to remove vineyards, they'll see how quickly vines will reshoot after they've been pulled out. But water's probably the most critical one to make sure you replenish that because as long as you've got sunlight and you've got water as well, the plant's going to do its metabolic functions.
1: Sam, if you were training someone up who's just moved into the industry or into your region what advice would you give them about the key tasks to know?
0: The main takeaways which we look at every year are making sure you're managing water resources as efficiently and adequately as possible, so not too much, not too little at the same time, and focusing on getting nutritional balance because that's one of the most important things in a region like Sunraysia. We've got fairly limited soils. They seem to be sandy. They're easily leachable, so it's really hard to maintain those elements within the soil, so that's why there's a need to fertilise on quite a regular basis. So, Understanding nutritional balance and how the plant functions and what inputs need to go in at what time for the phenological cycle of the plants, really important.
1: And finally, Sam, what are your best sources of information on the industry? Where is it you turn to?
0: One of the great things about the wine industry is there's a great network of people who are extremely knowledgeable and really happy to share their knowledge and their passion about what they do. So I think developing a good network of people within the industry is probably the first port of call. And that's been hugely beneficial in my career over the time as well. I've been really lucky to be involved with a lot of lot of great people who know a hell of a lot about grapevines. So I think just reaching out within the community is probably one of the most important ports of call. And we've also got great industry bodies as well with a lot of readily available resources which anyone can get a hold of. So, you know, I think between, you know, trying to develop a good network of people that you can communicate with and share information, I think that's probably the most important thing.
1: Sam Bowman, you've been very generous with the information you've shared. Thanks for taking the time and joining us for this ASVO podcast.
0: No worries, thank you. It's been great to be a part of it.
1: This ASVO podcast is part of a series funded by Wine Australia. ASVO's mission is to advance technical knowledge and promote excellence. For more information, visit asvo.com.au.